I'm burning up, burning up for your love. I'm burning up, burning up for your love. For your love. I'm burning up, burning up for your love. For your love. Hi, Sister Twaint. I'd rather coffee. We always want to start with a song for some reason. I don't know why. Because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what right. Like it should be theme music. But it really. How many times have we had this conversation? We should have theme music. I know, but I said, "Do you want to start with a song?" And Sister Twain said, "Well, I have one that I want to bring up in housekeeping. Do you know Madonna's Burning Up for Your Love?'" And I was like, "I do not." So she just sang it, but that was lovely. And you don't because you were. I'm a bad homosexual. No, because it came out when you were a young, quote unquote, straight. When did it come out? Mormon, like 82 or 83. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was super straight. Yeah, I was five years old and fucking. (laughs) Straight as a fucking arrow. <laughs> oh, to be five again. <sighs> to Just be kidding. five again. Don't ever I do know. that. No. I want you to be gay. That's why we're friends. I would like to be a gay five-year-old, though. <laughs> I mean, that would be, like, those little bitches are like, I'm just be queer, I'm <laughs> Like, they're good. So, how are you, Sister Twain? Uh, you know, here's the thing. I'm really good, but then fucking nuts, too. Okay, yeah. Right. We were talking about this before we started yeah. recording. There's some shit going on with the planets. Right. So, I don't know if you guys are astrology folks, and this is not an astrology podcast. It's not. But the, them planets is fucked up. So, it's so fucked up. I'm So, there's so many things going on all at once. Um there's well mercury 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 retrograde which is fucking always happening start i know we (laughs) when i was a mormon we used to make a joke that it was always the relief society's birthday because like every three months they'd be like you guys it's the relief society's birthday and you were like didn't we just fucking have this in april (laughs) i feel like the same way about mercury retrograde so it started today but it but there's this pre-shadow they call it the Mercury Retrograde pre-shadow. And it's like that first third of a horror movie where you're like, right. fuck, you're like, fuck something's going to some happen. Shit, yeah. Some fucking. Um, there's also with new moon energy and a total solar, solar eclipse just happened. Not in our part of the world, but in the world. Like Brazil or something, right? Yeah, sure. Not, no follow-up questions. Not America. Not United States of America. Right, right. Um, and, um, and then also... So there's this star called Sirius. Right. And it is considered... It broadcasts um, a satellite radio station, Sirius FM. <laughs> it does. And we, that's, it's, it's for amazing. free. I mean, it's great. <laughs> but it is way, way brighter than our actual sun, but further away, obviously. Right. However, right now, our planet of Earth... That's where we live. Mm-hmm. We're really giving away a lot about our identity tonight. Shit. You guys are going to um, figure it out. Our planet of Earth is at its furthest distance from our sun right now, but at its closest distance that it is all year to the star Sirius, Sirius FM. which is considered like our shadow sun or our moon sun. Oh, fuck. I forget the actual terminology, but... If you're an astrologist, write in and tell us what's happening. I mean, I just learn things. When I feel like weird... Instead of, like, figuring out, like, if there's something that I should do differently, I just look to the stars. Instead of being like, maybe I should meditate or exercise, you're like, there must be some planets that are fucking some shit up. I'm thinking that Pluto's in retrograde. And it was. So but, anyway, <laughs> so th- so you're good, but you're fucked up. So I'm really good. So Which I, is kind of the theme of this podcast. I'm good, oh, but I'm fucked right. up. We should put that on a t-shirt. All right. Becky, write that down. I'm good, but I'm fucked up. <laughs> oh, it's Becky now? Becky's the one designing some merch. That's her code name. Oh, okay. That isn't her real name. Right. Her code name is Becky. Right. Okay. B-E-C-K-Y, Becky. Right. 
I'm not. Wait, what did I just say? What was the merch? Uh, I'm not fucked up. I'm good, but I'm fucked up. Okay, I'm good, but I'm fucked up. Is that, that, is that what it was? Yeah, anyway, that could we be can on go a mug. Back Put that listen. on a mug. No, we won't why do would that. we do yeah. that? No. Um, but, but wait, so in like five days, uh huh. I'm going to have sex. Oh, yes, you're going on your sex trip. Right, but it's I. It's like can't, a business trip, but, but I, for sex. It is. It is going to be all business, business time. Business. You're going to get the business yes. in your business. Yeah. He's going to take his business <laughs> and put it in your business. Um, so that's happening in five days. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, but with all You know how much sex I'll be having in five days? How much? None. <laughs> I know. I know that. I know. It's because I hate myself. No, because you're terrified. I hate myself and I'm terrified of sex and intimacy. Well, any human touch at all. I hate myself and I'm terrified of humans. <laughs> It's my favorite thing about you. Thank you. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, but the stuff going on with the cosmos right now, it's its crazy. I've barely yeah. slept in, in several days, and um, I can feel like, I can feel like, I feel like the earth is doing this. Sounds scary. Yeah. So we do have a little housekeeping. Go. Number one, we want to say welcome to all of our new gentle listeners. We have some new listeners, and I hope they're gentle. I hope they're gentle. Please be gentle, you guys, gentle <laughs> listeners. Um, so last <laughs> last week, we did an episode with the inimitable CJ and Kendrick. Oh, my God. She's the queen of Provo. You know what? She's Provo's Oprah. You know what? I think she is. When she said on the episode, like, I have done for Provo what Joseph Smith did for mankind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I'm I felt that. I my drink. Uh, I was like, did you? But she did. She did. She done did. I, yeah, I'm getting that now. So she brought a lot of new listeners. So if you're a new listener to Hot Drinks, welcome. Uh, we welcome you. We welcome you. Sabbath morning. What you're going to hear here is us drinking. And talking about what are our topics? We talk about Mormonism. Oh my god, we talk about sex. We talk about sex. But but in many episodes, we talk about both of those things: Mormonism and sex. Yeah, yeah. Mormon yeah. sex. We talk about being single parents. We're all single parents. Yes. We talk about mixed orientation marriages. We both were in mixed orientation marriages. Uh huh. Why don't you give the readers like a thirty second rundown? The readers, the gentle listeners. We've done that before. That's why don't so you give cute. like a thirty second? kind of rundown of who you are what okay. brings you to the hot drink here's table. a quick rundown in case you haven't listened to the first couple of episodes where we're fucking smashed and had no agenda no and no structure no just, we, just, <laughs> we just drank some alcohol and turned on a microphone and we we're like this sounds fun this would be great Tap. um but but the titles of those are my favorite titles of all our episodes which are tight like unto a dish and Lehigh got turned in a tent. Those are good. Those are good titles. Uh, yeah. Good titles. Anyway, so, so anyway, thirty second intro to I, yourself. I'm in my forties. In the in the earlier half of my forties, right. um, I was married to a gay man. We had four kids. It was a Mormon thing. It was a temple thing. Um, you sat across that altar. We did. And, and said you know what? All, swore all those covenants. And you know what? My subconscious was screaming at me. Yeah, your subconscious was like, get the fuck yeah, out! No, no, like, He's a faggot! So, for real. But, um, to this day, he is one of the people that I love most on this planet. Um, after my four kids, it's it's probably him. Really? And I'm not in love with him. Bless your heart, Gary. You, you know what? His name's Gary, by the way. My, new listeners. My boss, who... I, I've been working there now for almost three months, but my boss said, who is gay? It sounds I am like a, incredibly attracted to. It sounds like a baptism for the dead. My boss, who is, <laughs> who dead, is gay, um, 
<laughs> a baptism for the gay. He asked me just a couple Today weeks ago. Today we bless Ashley's boss, who is gay, <laughs> in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It's important to note. Yes. Um, but anyway, he asked me like a couple weeks ago, like, are you still in love with him? I'm like, I haven't been in love with him since the honeymoon. And he started laughing and did that thing where he puts his head down because he's laughing so hard. Uh-huh. And I'm like, God, I'm so attracted to him. And I'm like, does he listen to this podcast? I've told him about it. I don't think Fuck. he's listened hope, to it. Anyway, if you're listening, Sister Twain's boss, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so attracted but, to you, but I am. But he thought I was joking. And when I say that to people, like I haven't been into it since the, in, I wasn't into my husband. From the honeymoon on, they think I'm joking. I feel that though. I but, feel that deep but, in my gut. Yeah. Oh, I know you do. Yeah. And you still need to process that shit. Process that shit out. I, mean, I process some of that. Shit. So anyway, I'm from Louisiana. I have red hair, or I did until I was 38. It's now people call me that blonde girl, and I'm like, fuck you. I'm a I, not not that it's it's fine if you're blonde. As a redhead, are you angry that the new Little Mermaid is black? <laughs> That the new mermaid is black. Like, what if she's a black redhead? That's fine. Oh my god. Anyway, so who are you? My are name. You? My name is Brother Jack Coffee. Um, oh, did I say that I'm Latter Day Twain? This is Sister Latter Day Twain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a homosexual faggot gay gay man. <laughs> um, I was also in a mixed orientation marriage yes. with a woman whose name was like Sharon. She told me after she listened to like the first or two Trisha. episodes, Trisha or something. She was like, "I listened to the first. I was like, well, I hope I haven't said anything mean about you on the podcast." And she was like, "Oh, you already talked about me, and my name's Trisha or Sharon or something." Anyway, yeah. so I was married to a woman named Sharon. We were married for seventy-two years, not that long. <laughs> and then we were you married jumped for eleven years. We have we had children, three children, um, and then I came out as a, a faggot homosexual gay man, <laughs> and um, here I am. I have extreme depression and I kind of hate myself. Right. Which we which comes up a lot. But but and that's important to know about Brother Coffee. But that's where my comedy comes from. My comedy oh, comes yeah. from the self-loathing. Oh yeah. If, if I you... was healthy and cared about myself, I wouldn't be as funny. We will have to close up shop yeah, and we will. try to do something else. Which is sad. We we would open a nonprofit <laughs> for children with cleft lips, cleft palates. <laughs> For the redheads who auditioned for Ariel for didn't get mermaid. it. We were like, this nonprofit is to help all the redheaded white girls who auditioned for Emma Stone. You welcome come to our nonprofit. Can you imagine? That would be the most. So anyway, so that's us. So, so welcome. Yeah. If you're a new listener, welcome. Um, please tell your friends. Welcome. We always talk about our depression. We swear a lot. We say words like cunt. We say fuck. Oh, oh yeah. And we say fuck Dallin H. Oaks. Like we say all those <laughs> things. So if any of those things are offensive to you, turn it off now. Turn, turn it off. Like, like a, a light switch. switch. We sing sometimes. We do a lot. A lot. And then we always have housekeeping. And one more little note of housekeeping before we get into what our topic is. Yes. So when I was driving over here. Yes. I was having, like, all that anxiety that I was talking about because of the cosmos. Because of fucking planets. No other reason. Fucking planets. Yeah. And stars. Um, and moon. Um, and sun. Anyway, I guess the sun is a star. But um, I was, like, having that type of anxiety where I have, where I feel like I can't breathe. Like, my uh-huh. diaphragm oh, won't push my lungs up. Does I'm that sorry. happen to you? Oh, God. Every oh. fucking day of my fucking, fucking life. <laughs> So, yeah, so I was having that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to turn on my, uh, this p- playlist that I call Madonna Plus. Okay. And um, my, most of my Madonna is from, like, beginning Madonna to May, to the album, um, 
Ray of Light? No. I don't have any Ray of Light. Immaculate? The Immaculate no, Collection? No, no, no. To um, Hard Candy. Okay. Um, but I don't like Ray of Light. I skip right over that. Anyways, right. um, and then I call it Plus because I have some other like early 80s one-hit wonders on it. Like Heart and Soul by T'Pau. So that's what I was listening to over here, and it helped me breathe. I don't know what that song is. Give a little bit of heart and soul. Oh, yeah, that's Give a good song. That's a good song. So I want to say one other bit of housekeeping, and then we'll take a break. But, but I haven't finished. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So anyway, so then the next song in my Madonna Plus was Burning Up. Which we sang at the, at the right. intro. And she says this line, you're always closing your door. Well, that only makes me want you more. And I was like, I feel that, Madonna. Like you're closing your door or someone else is oh, closing someone, their when door? When someone's like, no, I'm not interested. I'm like, Then you're well, like, I want that dick. I'm gonna... Someone's like, you can't have I'm this dick. I'm gonna obsess over you for six you're months. Like, I want this dick. Yeah. Um, but it's not even the dick. It's like, that's usually when emotion is attached. Fuck emotions. And then comes the bridge. Okay. Tell us more. And I, I'm already feeling seen because she says, you are always trying to close the door, which makes me want it more. Right, right. But then the whole bridge is like two Sister Twaint. Okay, let's hear it. This is like your patriarchal blessing, except it, it's it from Madonna. Was, yes. This is your matriarchal, your, <gasps> ma- your Madonnacal blessing. Oh. What is your Madonnacal blessing say? My Madonnacal blessing, which... You are of the house of Frozen. <laughs> and your blessing, which we will place upon your head, is... This is the bridge. Do you want me down on my knees? And I was like, yeah, that's me. Are you bending over backwards? Yes, that's me. Now, would you be pleased? Yes. Unlike the others, I'd do anything. Yes. I'm not the same. I have no shame. That's you. That's me. That's you all me. You don't have shame. Yeah. That's all me. I, I like getting down on my knees. I like bending over backwards. I like all those positions. <laughs> all these blessings and any blessings that the, that the Lady Madonna has for you, we still upon your head now. Priesthood be upon me and my posterity. For time and all eternity. <laughs> So the housekeeping that I wanted to say, and then we really need to take a break. Oh my God, this is so much housekeeping. The last housekeeping, because we didn't discuss this last week, Uh but we need to discuss what we're drinking Mm. because this was the same thing we're drinking last week and we're drinking this week. When we had those Kendricks on. Those CJ, oh, whatever. She does her last name. Oh, she doesn't care. She's said her last name like 10 times. We, it was like chaos. We had no control over that. No, we didn't. We had a lot of drink to drink. None of us were wearing any clothing. Oh my God. Wearing clothing. No, we none of us were. So what we're drinking tonight, mm-hmm. which we were also drinking during our CJ episode. Yes. Follow along, gentle listener. You're gonna do one part gin. We're, uh, hold on, rewind. You're gonna do two parts gin. Okay. I'm using uh, Madame Petrini gin. Madame Petrini was Brigham Young's transvestite child Trans, yes. transsexual son look that up brigham young had a son who was a transsexual that's real uh his name's madame petrini mm, so we do two parts God, madame petrini gin yeah we're doing like one and a half parts uh water pocket oread which is a herbal liqueur made by a local distillery called water pocket amazing we're doing like a tablespoon or a t- uh, maybe a teaspoon and a half let's say of uh umeboshi paste umeboshi are a salted japanese plum And then we're doing a full lemon. So it's like about two, it's Ah, probably about ah. an ounce and a half to two ounces of lemon juice. And I want the listeners to know, gentle or not. Rough listeners, gentle listeners, pay attention. That that full lemon. It's what makes it. 
It does. You would think, oh, God, a full lemon. It must be really tart. No, no, no. No, the no, no. Way, the umeboshi is salty. The way, what would you call it? It has a, a synergy, a symbiosis. In Italian, would you, they would say, oh. si sposano. <gasps> which means these ingredients, they marry themselves well. Si sposano. Oh, que- my God. Si that's sposano questi, questi gusti si sposano. Oh, you would make S- such a good husband. I know, you guys. God I know. damn it. Send me your gay single men. <laughs> Actually, don't because I hate myself and I hate human <laughs> connection. Anyway, so that's what it is: gin, oread, lemon, umeboshi. Shake it up in a shaker. Pour it into a martini glass. It's salty. It's tart. It's sweet. Yeah. It's delicious. And I'm gonna make myself another it's one. Almost, almost, just almost pulpy. Pulpy. Let's take a break. <laughs> Sister Twain. Brother Coffee. Do you know what the interlude that I just put into between these segments was called? Let's see. Was it called Umeboshi Paste? It was <laughs> called Rue Savarayon. <laughs> like a French rue, Rien. which is a street, which made me think of Edith Pilaf. Oh, my God. Who, would, who is the oh, actual God. person that is not Edith Pilaf? <laughs> <laughs> if, gentle listeners, if you Edith- have listened... Piaf. No, no, no. Who's the lady that does the relationship podcast? Oh, Esther Perel. <laughs> Esther Perel. Esther Perel. Who I think is Ella Edith Piaf. <laughs> who so, I also think says, <laughs> She's from the French area of Belgium. Esther. <laughs> She's from the French area of Belgium. That's Belgium. a different country. It's yeah. a different fucking country. I know, but Belgium is like a mixture of France and Germany and... Uh, Maybe just La two. Rue Parian. Uh-huh. Okay, so what's our topic today, Sister so, Twain? So, okay, so when we had Crazy C. Jane, and I say that lovingly. No, she's so lovingly. I know. She's got tits akimbo. She- she's beautiful. <laughs> she is. Um, she, remember on the episode with her where she, where we said, if you could have chosen oh, like if any you could other topic. One question. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she said, and it wasn't just what she said, but how she said it. Right. Parenting advice. Right. And looked at us like with hungry eyes, like she was. And we were shocked because our kids are fucked up. We were like, we fucking hate our kids, number one. And number two, we've done a bad job. (laughs) We suck at this. But we thought, let's make an episode about it. But the expression on her face was like, I've been in the desert and I need water. Or I'm a. I'm a dolphin and you're dangling a little, what is it? What, what do they feed dolphins? Little fishy. I'm a dolphin and, and you're dangling, dangling a little, little fish. Dangling Her eyes, I was like. Un pesce. I was like, she's had so many drinks tonight. <laughs> and she had, she came over like five she was drinks. Already, yeah, she was already like. Five. She was already like an 80% vibrational buzz. <laughs> and then I made her like a, oh, they a just, mule and uh, then a numaboshi martini. <laughs> and then some, I'm sure there was more after that. No. Um, anyway. So our topic is. And so it's top five things we did as Mormon parents that we don't do anymore. It's top five things that we do now as parents that we didn't do as Mormon parents. Oh, then my list is not the same as yours. It's, it's going to be one of those. Jesus fucking Christ. It's okay. it's okay. So what's your number? What What's the number one thing that you did as a Mormon parent that you don't do anymore? Do you always let me go first? Because I do. Because I don't have a penis. Well, because I believe in support. Yeah, I believe in supporting the female voice because I'm a white male. Okay. And I think it's important that yeah. as white males, we recognize that our voices often take priority for no fucking reason other than that we're white males. Right. That I got a big pink dick. That's the only <laughs> reason that my voice takes priority. So I I like to let you speak first because oh. I feel like 
just my big pink dick does not mean that my my thoughts take priority over yours. So I would like you right. to go first. And also I would like to say I'm not granting you I'm not granting you the blessing of going first on my No, I know. Like I, know. I like, like I just Sarah, think, upon yeah. ceremony. No, it is not no. like it is not like a I will bequeath my the going first to you. Right. Because my big pink dick can wait. And because it's time for women to just take over everything. Just take over. Fucking yeah. yeah okay. I don't wanna I don't want a single fucking white man to run a fucking thing in the fucking rest of the fucking world. <laughs> So what's your number one? So it's almost like, I guess we're doing this in in virgin style. Like I'm doing it kind of the opposite way that you did yours. So what I wrote down is five things I do differently now as a parent that I'm not Mormon. Okay. And mine is five things that I did as a Mormon parent that I don't do anymore. (laughs) You guys, we literally text about these like 20 minutes before the episode and we always mess up. Anyway, go ahead. And it's it's mostly because of depression. You guys, it's fine. It's our charm. It's our charm. Blame the Prozac. Ah! Oh, cat. (laughs) I was about to warn you that my cat was going to start grooming your hair. She starts to groom my hair. No, she's like licking her lips. Oh, my God. Raymond, get down. It's fine. No, 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 it's fine. Okay, go ahead. What's the thing you did as a Mormon parent? Well, I, I, this is apropos because I would scream all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That is the number one thing on my list. As a Mormon parent, you would scream and now you don't scream. No, I wouldn't scream like that because of your cat. But like, I, I raged. And I yeah. screamed. Yeah. And it was because there was so much discord within me. And, yeah. and not just because of the Mormon thing, but that was a huge component of it. The constant pressure to have everything in line. Yeah. But also because I was married to a gay man and didn't really want to look at that. Right. But, like, here's the thing. I would go to homemakings, which became enrichment nights. Jesus Christ, I cannot it, believe. In no... What? In no parallel universe can I imagine you showing up at a homemaking meeting and being like, hello, brothers and I, sisters. Brother Coffee, I Sister did. Sister Twain. I did every time. God damn it. Okay. Because you have to do all those things if you're going to survive it. Yeah. Jesus said love everyone. Oh my, <laughs> that's nothing to, to do with that. But anyway, so I would, I remember, okay. So homemaking morphed to enrichment and then enrichment and morphed to something else. But anyway, I don't remember if it was a homemaking or enrichment. But I was living in Illinois at the time on planet Earth. I don't even I like don't even know what world you're talking about. I was li- I lived in Illinois for I three years. I don't remember years. that. Um, when uh, my ex-husband Gary and uh-huh. I were married uh-huh. and he was doing his first master's degree because he has two. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> That's why he drives. I don't have time to raise kids. I have time for two fucking master's degrees. He, Hi, Gary. He drives, Hi, Gary. Love you. Oh, my God. He drives a BMW, by the way. Fuck, of course he fucking does. Like a 2018. Of course he fucking anyway, does. Um, but... Uh, and you drive a minivan held together by scotch tape. It's not. It's a micro van. God damn it, Brother Coffee. Okay, so anyway. Anyway. This mom who had kids about the same age as mine part of the homemaking night, enrichment night, was her showing off her um, file, like, you know, one of those files you can carry with you. Like the accordion file? No, it was like plastic. Yeah. And you could put, like, you could put the lid on and latch it on and it had a handle. And you open it up and she had 52 tabs in the file for 52 weeks of family home evening. I hope that bitch has died of ovarian cancer by now. If she's left the church. No, I hope she's dead of ovarian cancer. Oh, my God. Shit. 
Fuck. Sorry to everyone who's had cancer. Please write in at hotdrinksforyourbelly at gmail.com and reprimand me. So she had she had all her home makings and for the year. It was I mean things, her family home makings. It was things like that that made me feel so less than. Yeah. And I would take it out in rages yeah. on my children. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm going to get real. Get real, and Sister I, And I may have alluded to this before, but I was abusive, Brother Coffee. No, you weren't. Oh, no. Brother Coffee, I was. Okay. And I have to say that, and I, and I don't need anyone to coddle me and say, I'm sure you weren't. Or maybe I, I'm sure you weren't as abusive as your parents were. <laughs> Which is the truth. Because BS they were. <laughs> um, but I, the rage at times would come on so strong that I would get physical with my kids. I'm sorry. And once I left the church and the divorce happened, which was, which happened very close together, those yeah, two yeah, things, yeah. I was screaming less. Right. And being physically abusive less right um and so i've been divorced for nine years now and i think it took maybe three full years for me to really just relinquish i i want to say all control yeah because my children right are here to have their experience. And when I take their choices, when I would take their choices away, I would take from their experience. And I think any parent knows and recognizes that you have no control. <laughs> like you're just... And the more you try you're to just have control, it. the more you're going to become a I mean, I talked about this with a friend of mine today, but like, like the ultimate power children have against their parents is to be like, no, I'm not fucking doing that. Because what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Like you can take away privileges, you what can the take fuck away are you their do? phone. But if they're just like, yeah, no, fuck, I'm not doing uh, that. Yeah. Like you, like you can't you can, murder them. But you but, can threaten them. You can take away privileges. You look, can punish them. But our parents, and especially our parents' parents, uh huh, they would unleash holy hell, wrath of God. Right, right, right. And they would. Be very physically abusive. Yeah, that's true. They would throw things and they would threaten. And my dad would scream at me like he was a drill sergeant most of my life. Yeah. Um, Oh, shit. I'm drunk because of that umeboshi. But cocktail. It's a salted plum. It's. (laughs) But I was going to say something to kind of wrap up this whole thing, but I don't remember because of the cocktail. Um, Anyway. Oh, this was it. A year ago. Uh I was at... One of the most incredible restaurants I've been to in my life. It's HSL in Salt Lake. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's downtown on planet Earth. And um, I was there by myself because I was not 100% stood up, but 75% stood up. Um, Anyway, and I was like, I'm going to sit here and eat and have several drinks. Once I had two cocktails... And then they gave me a little cordial of grappa. Oh, God bless them. I was crying. <laughs> I was crying. And again, God bless the, and, the good people at HSL. So we're like, the bitch redhead I, in booth number three is crying after her oh, grappa. Oh, I was sitting at the bar. 
Which in this restaurant, the bar and the table area are right together. It's right. not separate. Right. And so all the bartenders and wait staff saw me and the manager of the restaurant just fucking sitting there and sobbing and then wiping my tears and smiling and going, I'll have another one. Thanks. <laughs> um, but during the grappa, I texted my two older daughters um, crying, sobbing. And I said, I am so sorry about the times that I hurt you physically. And one replied, LOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLOLO
if we say it in our house, like we pull out the cookies and we maybe burn our finger and we go, fuck. Yeah. It takes away the intensity of when they hear it. Because when I would hear it, even as 13, 14, I would feel so violated. An emotional response. Yeah. And now that they can just go into the world and have their own alignment. Yeah. Even if somebody says, fuck. You fucking cunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a break, you fucking cunts. Gentle, 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 fucking cunts. gentle fucking cunts, <laughs> and we'll be right back. You guys, we're back. Okay, so here's here's the thing. We've been we have kind of gone on a little long, and we've only gotten into one of our top five. So we're gonna clip it along. Let's do two and three right now. We're gonna tighten it up. Tighten, tighten it up like a tight. Tight, like, fresh twain. Tie up like onto a dish. Like a like onto a tight of, dish of, of a twain. Of the brother of Jared. Um, you guys, I'm also eating a ginger snap. It was so good. Brother Coffee made these. I make really good ginger and snaps. And I would punch Edith Pilaf in the face to get one of these. In the vagine. Uh-huh. You would be like, right, you would just be like an uppercut right uh-huh. into Edith Pilaf's <laughs> vagine. She You'd was, be like, give me those ginger snaps, Edith. such a Wap-a-chong. little person, though. That would really be rough. Anyway, okay. Anyway, number two. My number two is... <laughs> that like, would is, really be rough. Is swearing. Oh, okay. Tell us more. Sorry, but remember how mine are, when I was Mormon... <laughs> I sure. I don't like a different journey. Yeah, I've had half a cocktail and I'm drunk. Um, So one thing Mormons. So there's this collective mindset that Mormons don't swear, which is a fucking lie. It's a lie. They don't swear in front of people that they think will care if they swear. Right. Because as soon as I left the church, everyone was like, "Fucking fucking cunt." I know. First time I've ever heard you say that. There's been a lot of cunts in this episode. And I'm <laughs> if that word is offensive to you, I'm really sorry. But I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. Um, anyway, and so I probably, I started, actually started swearing for the first time ever when I was a beehive. It was during girls camp in Tennessee. And. We're like, fuck these cunts. And, <laughs> No, I keep laughing like a Muppet. Um, but, no. Um, and then, you know, that would go through waves, kind of like with Rated R movies. What kind of swearing would you do as a Girl Scout in Tennessee? Like, you'd be like, damn, bitches. Yeah, shit, damn. Shit, bitches. Bitch. Okay. And, and probably just those three is what okay. I would stick to. Um, Hail. Oh. This is some hell, you damn shit bitches. <laughs> oh my gosh, when we tried to swear and we didn't know really how to. Anyways, so, um, but I would try, I wouldn't swear around my kids. I would not swear around my kids. Right. Um, to, the, to the degree that they didn't know that I did. That makes me laugh. Okay. Because you um, talk like a sailor. I know, I do. And so there was this time that I was getting in the car with my ex-husband, Gary, and my second child, um, the one who lives in New York City. And and she at the time was probably <laughs> seven or eight. Were you married at the time? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> she was probably seven or eight. And I was getting into the car, and I had forgotten that my daughter was 
in the back seat or was coming with us or whatever. And I'm getting into the car with my ex-husband and there's all this like, like newspaper and trash on the floor in the passenger side of the front seat. And I go, well, what is all this shit? And my ex-husband goes, sister Twaint. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I look back and my daughter's face is like, she just like, I don't know. Saw a ghost. Yes. Saw and, a fucking cunt ghost. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't realize you were in the car. And, and to, to say that to my daughter meant, oh, mom swears just not around me. Right, right. So the swearing thing. I don't give a shit nope. anymore. And not I, a shit in a fuck bucket. And I will bucket. say to my kids, I will say to my um, son Jack, like, Hey, you're kind of being a dick. Yeah, I say that too. Yeah. Um, I'm like, quit being such a fucking asshole and I'll quit yelling at you. <laughs> and um, a couple, I think it was just yesterday that I said to my second son. Gary. Gary Jr. Um, not my second son. He's my number three kid. Jack's my youngest. I just said my kid's name. Whatever. I think I've said it before. I don't no, know. No, it's, that's not his real name. It's a pretend name. Oh, that's right. Um, but, uh, and I, I think it was just yesterday that I said to my other son, are you fucking kidding me? And I've been talking that way for a long time. And again, I think it's just best to just, the censoring thing in, in the home, like, Screw that. Do your kids swear a lot, though, because of it? Um, my two older daughters have and will in front of me without any... Right. Like, I mean, they'll just, you know. Right. Um, uh, my son, Tip, <laughs> Gary Jr., does not like to swear in front of me. I think it makes him feel weird. Right. My youngest son, the trans one, all the time. Okay. But I think it makes him feel powerful. My kids almost never swear in front of me. Yeah. And that's why, like, I mean, I have no doubt that they swear when they're with their friends, which I also don't fucking care about. Right, right. But, like, they almost never swear in front of me, which sort of, like, supports this theory that, like, <laughs> this is the way to parent. Yeah. Because... It's not like suddenly that my kids have permission to swear that they're like, you know, buying a billboard on I-15 that says like, all you fucking cunts, <laughs> you know, like they just don't care. No. It's just not a big deal. Yeah. So anyway, my number two, oh, are you done? Yeah. Okay. My number two is um, I walk where I walk my hair. I walk around in my underwear more and I don't care. I love it. I think when I was Mormon... I think I had a lot of more weird issues about my body and like my body being exposed, but I also had a lot of issues about the garment being exposed. Yep. When you're Mormon, you wear a garment that is underwear, but it's supposed to be sacred yep. and you're not supposed to, oh. you're not really supposed to let people see it necessarily unless Ooh. they also wear the garment. And But the rules are very vague and it's a little weird. Anyway, I think I was much more conscientious about not letting my kids see me walk around in my garments. I think part of that was flashbacks to my own childhood when we would be downstairs late at night watching Saturday Night Live and my dad would come down in his garments scratching his balls and oh, would be like, what oh, are you kids doing? Oh, oh, so oh, I think that was some of it. Oh, I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, oh, God. So, oh, but now, oh. like, I mean, I don't parade around the house in my underwear all the time and I'm not wearing, like, 
sequined thongs. I mean, I have a sequined thong. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I don't. But I don't wear it every day. It's for special occasions. <laughs> right. But like, if I'm in my underwear and I have to run down and like make my coffee in the morning, or if I'm, you know, if one of my if I need to change my clothes and one of my kids is sitting in my room, I don't fucking care. I just take my change my clothes and they see my underwear and it's not a big deal. Great. I'm not like, you know, parading around naked or whatever. But there's no like weird like. This underwear is private, sacred. but but also like oh no, this is private. Not that I change in front of my kids; right. they would be mortified. Mortified. Um, I've also born four children and have stretch marks that look like drain tracks. You know, <laughs> that look like the uh, what? What's anyway? The Appalachian Trail. There we go. Uh, something like that. I was going to say something way more clever. But the Appalachian Trail is pretty clever. That's a good one. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyways. But, yeah, good for you. But I just don't care. Good. Like, I just, like, again, I'm not walking around the house in, like, underwear and no shirt. But, like, I just don't care. It's not a big deal. If I need to, like, change my clothes, if I need to go grab a cup of coffee, if I'm walking to the bathroom from my bedroom, I don't, like, hurry and cover up my business. Because, like, we all have fucking bodies. And you not caring, um, that energy is really healthy for your kids. For sure. Absolutely. Because they recognize that, like, bodies are just bodies. They're They're just big sacks of meat that we all walk around in. We all have bits and bobs and dangly bits and whatever. And it's fine. What's your number three? My number three is (laughs) modesty. Okay. Kind of along the same vein. um, So I, my first, the first two of my four children were girls. And... I wouldn't even let them wear sleeveless things when they were. Because those slutty shoulders. Don't yeah. let that don't let those sluts show off their shoulders. But when I would see other people whose ch- whose female children had sleeveless things on. Slutty shoulders. I would think how do you not respect your children's body? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no! It's so bonkers <laughs> to me. Like, knowing you now, it's so bonkers to me that you had the thought of, like, why are you making your child a sex worker <laughs> by exposing, exposing your five-year-old shoulders? And I'm sure I even, you know how when we have these thoughts that trigger us, it's because there's something that goes really, really deep, way, way, way right. underneath lots of layers. I'm sure that bottom layer was, well, that child's doomed. Yeah. They're going to grow up to be a slut. Yeah, because they're wearing this cute thing from The Gap that didn't have any sleeves. Guess what? There are worse things to be than a slut. You know what I mean? I know, because I'm a slut. Like, if your kid grew up to be a slut, I'd be like, cheers, go get it, bitch. Oh, hell yeah. Just, I'd be like, I wish I wasn't broken inside. Just, I'd be more of a slut, too. Just, you have fun. Just get tested, have Use an a condom, ID, yeah, and then go get it. Anyway, what's your number three? My number three... Well, now I can't remember. You surprised me. You you snuck this one right up on me. I got to go to my notes app. Oh, here's what my number three is. I hope my kids are jerking off. Good. And I hope they're looking at porn. Okay. And this one's a tricky one because, like, I do think, like, because I have two sons that are older, like, that are teenagers, let's say. And this is a tricky one because, like, there is definitely porn available that is perhaps not the best porn to be looking at or that could be harmful or that could be exploitative or whatever. But also, 
But also, I can't be like, hey, kids, uh, if you're looking at porn, here's some sites I recommend. <laughs> also, the sites I recommend are all homos. They don't want any of that. So, like, it's a weird issue because, like, obviously, I don't want to, like, police the porn they may or may not be looking at because I want them to just be able to kind of discover and explore and whatever and find out what what makes them tick or whatever. Yeah. But also, like, I don't want them to be into, I don't want them to stumble into violent things or exploitative things or whatever. But that's a hard, that's a hard row to hoe, it as is. they say. Right. But, like, I just, like, I mean, bef- I mean, when my kids were small and I was still Mormon, there was this sense of panic of, like, I had to control their sexual impulses. Oh, like, I had to make gosh. sure that they didn't explore their own sexuality then, or that they didn't touch themselves or that they would, didn't would trigger them to feel something sexual right or, right or come across as sexual right yeah but now i just think like i don't fucking care yeah. and i don't fucking want to know yeah. <laughs> if you're jerking off in the shower go for it <laughs> i don't want to know i don't want the details because but you are a teenager so get Get it on, it, my friend. That's part of their job. No, it is. It is. <laughs> and I just think I'm so happy and relieved that I don't have to police that. Yes. You know, I mean, anyway, I won't even but say that. Even, even more, even what's more above and beyond that you don't have to police that is that your children have the freedom and absolutely no shame in knowing their bodies. Right. Which you and I, right. we didn't know our bodies. But don't you think it's like, it's almost like an active parental pursuit to help your kids understand that there's no shame around that? Do you feel that way? Like, I feel like my kids will still get really embarrassed if I, like the other night I went and opened my laptop and one of my kids had been playing The Sims After Dark. Oh, if you don't know The Sims, do you know The Sims? No. It's a game where you, like, make a person and you, like, kind of manage their life or whatever. Okay. But, like, when I was closeted, I would play The Sims because I could make my Sim fall in love with another man. Oh, my God. And they could, like, in in The Sims, it's called making whoopee. There's no, like, there's nothing pornographic about it at all. It doesn't show anything, but, like, you can have a relationship with whoever. And in The Sims After Dark, it's like a... It's more, it's a little more adult. You know, you can go to the club and you can date more and whatever. I can't. I can't. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought, I'm so glad that when like. daddy comes home. I, <laughs> I climb upon his knee. Um, P.S. If daddy comes home, I will climb upon his knee. You, so all the daddies out really there. You feel that, don't you? That I would climb upon daddy's <laughs> knee. If you're a daddy listening, I will climb upon your knee. Anyway, but no, my point is. When I saw that my kid was playing The Sims After Dark, which is a very innocent way to sort of explore sexuality and gender expression and human relationships, I just thought, oh, cool. I don't care. Great. And I don't have to be like, so, child of mine, I saw that you were playing The Sims After Dark on my computer. What were you? I just was like, okay, cool. Like, he is using a very appropriate way to explore identity and sexuality and relationships and whatever. In like a computer game where you're like a robot person with no private parts. So right. I just thought, cool, great. This great. is a great way for you to explore. Uh, What's well, your number three? Right. Okay. So, oh, God. Oh, all right. My number three. Until my fourth child was about four. 
we did not, under any circumstance, let our children play outside with friends on Sundays. (laughs) And it was like... a detriment to our quality of life. Yeah, really, because then they're just in your fucking house oh, all day. Oh, and going crazy because they want to be outside. Oh, it's so crazy. Oh, my God. Don't go outside. Oh, don't go outside and play. Just sit in here and watch The Little House on the Prairie on PBS. Oh, my God. And then my son, Jack, my youngest at four, was like, and this is how this child is and always has been was like this. So when you don't let us play outside on Sundays, it makes me feel like I'm grounded. And you know what? I don't like being grounded. Jack's a bitch. And I said this to my ex-husband, Gary. Gary's a bitch. And I was like, can we remove ourselves from this hill? Yeah. Yeah. And that was the literal day. And I remember saying to all four of the kids, and we were still Mormon-ish. Right, right. Uh, Mormon enough that I thought Joseph Smith was still. The, and not a rapist pedophile. Say, I can't even say it out loud. You thought I was a prophet of God and yeah, not yeah, a rapist yeah, pedophile? Yeah. Um, I told all four kids, I was like, so uh, we're changing the rule that you've had your entire lives. Go outside and play right now. And they were like, what? Really? Isn't that funny that, like, that was the hill you were going to die on? Yeah. Was, like, no one go outside and play it's, on Sunday. It's, like, how? Like, who fucking cares? It's just a control thing. I know. It's just a control and thing. And it's, like, a righteousness thing. Like, we are more righteous if the kids don't go pl- outside and play yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. We are doing a better job of parenting them. And the neighbors will know. Yeah, that our kids know that the Sabbath day is holy. So here's this weird thing, that the family that lived across the street from us, which was in another ward, of course, because right. when you live in Utah. Right. Um, but Fucking third ward people. <laughs> we never saw their children play outside. Unless it was just in their driveway and mom was watching. And they were all wearing a suit and tie. And they never played with other children. They just played with that hoop, like a metal hoop and a stick. They just hit it. (laughs) Yeah. It was so goddamn creepy. (sighs) Mormons. Anyway. Get it together. What's your number three? I already said mine, remember? Let's take a break. You went to two and three? Yeah, you had me go first. Why? I don't know. Are you sure you did your third one? Yes, I did my third one. My third one was about, I hope my kids are jerking off and looking at porn. Okay. Let's take a break. Okay, bye. So here's the thing, gentle listeners. Somehow Twist Sister Twain has done four of her topics. Swearing, playing outside. What are the other ones? Uh, screaming. Screaming. And modest dress. And modesty. I don't know how that happened. It's because of Mercury Retrograde. I also blame Umaboshi. Well, yeah. That's the salted plum cocktail. That- I. But speaking of, I have a really important question for you. Oh, for, for me or the listeners? For you, Sister Twain. Oh my God, what? Are you going to finish your cocktail? Can I have it? 
Thank you. Take this cup okay. from me. Take this bitter cup <laughs> and drink of it, for I shall drink of it in the bitterness of the cup. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do my number four, since apparently you already did your number <laughs> Dude, four. I've done four. It's weird. Okay, go. So my number four thing that I do differently now as a parent that I'm not Mormon is that I don't think the opinions of 95-year-old white men matter more than the opinions of my own children. Oh, my God. I mean, that sounds pretty basic to say on the surface. But so sad that we were there once. Oh, no. There was 100% a time where if... And I mean... Luckily, I got out when my kids were pretty little, but there was a time where had one of those 95-year-old white men said, your child needs to paint their face purple every day with uh-huh. purple makeup, yeah. I would have been like, yeah. child of mine, it is <laughs> tis time to paint your face purple because the 95-year-old white man said it. Mm-hmm. And then if one of my children was like, that's bullshit, I don't want to paint my face purple, that's stupid, why would I ever do that? What a waste of purple paint, and what a waste of my time. I'd have been like, but child of mine, yeah. the 95-year-old white man said it. When my, my go-to phrase, which I don't think I had to use a lot, was, when the prophet speaks, you listen. You fucking listen. Yeah. Oh, Here's the funny thing. There is literally no other element of my life where I take the advice of 95-year-old white men. <laughs> like, 95-year-old white men in politics? Fuck you, Bernie Sanders. I don't <laughs> want to hear what you have to say. 95-year-old white men, like, I don't care about your opinion. Right, right. But somehow in Mormonism, I, I was like, that old motherfucker, that old racist, bigoted motherfucker, he's got the right idea. Let's hear what he has to say. Oh, yeah. Tell us what you have to say, Elder Nelson. He could have said the craziest shit because we were told and we believed from the cradle that there was some top, tippy top room in the temple called the Holiest of Holies or something, right? Where he could go and talk to Jesus. But isn't that funny that, like, if one of my kids had said, no, that, that thing that that 95-year-old white man said is painful and I don't believe it and I don't want to accept it, there probably would have been a part of me that would have been like, well, you're wrong. Oh, oh, yeah. For sure. What is, like that, I mean, it kind of makes me want to cry. I know. Like thinking about it because, I mean, and again, my kids were pretty little when we left so there was never like big doctrinal challenges or anything like that. But like the idea that like I would think that the opinion of some guy in Salt Lake was more important the opinion of my daughter about like what to do with her life or her body or her beliefs. Right. Like it's crazy to me. Because we, everything that the prophet said was what Heavenly Father would say. Heavenly Father is the worst. He is such an asshole. Anyway, that's my number four, but that I let the opinions, well, and I mean, if you really want to take this on a bigger scale, I let the opinions of those those 90-year-old white men who said that, like, being a faggot was wrong, I was like, you are correct, sir. <laughs> yeah. I will put my faggotry in a bucket. And I will put a lid on that bucket. Right. And I will bury that bucket in the ground. And, and I will pour cement and over it. And you will hide it under a bushel. And I will hide it in my bushel. Right. <laughs> okay. Our fives. What's your number five? My fiver is, uh, not that exciting, but it was something that I did, I gave a lot of energy to. Even if my children were watching Nickelodeon, I would monitor. And I would kind of like, sometimes I would like position myself, like doing, folding some laundry or something so I could hear what they were listening to, to make sure that 
it was just completely wholesome. Right. So there was this one show when my two older ones, who are now 21 and 19, when they were little, that they always wanted to watch, which was called Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I don't know. I do not remember the show, but go on. And I wouldn't let them watch it. Because Ed, Ed, and Eddie sucked each other's dicks in like a no, circle? No, they just had voices that, that sounded like... Like Dis- loud laughter and ill-speaking of the Lord's Anointed? Yes! It sounded disrespectful. Yes. It sounded like too... Um, oh, this is a terrible thing to say for so many reasons, but it just was so boyish. Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing. And... Um, and then I, I know there were other ones that I were worried about. I did not let them watch Bratz. Do you remember Bratz? Like the slutty Barbies? Right. That was a show, too. Really what I should say is the Barbies that own their sexuality <laughs> and claimed it. And wore lots of eye makeup. That's fine. Wear fine. your eye makeup. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like the word slut. But if there was even an episode of something they were watching, and it was animated on Nickelodeon... Those evil, those evil animated cartoons. Something weird reference to, I would be like, turn it off. Turn it off right now. Like a light switch. And they were just like, um, and I'm just, I would, and then I'd start raging. So What a nightmare. What a nightmare that you felt like you had to police that. I had to control as much as I could. I had to try at least to control as much as I could because I felt so completely out of control. Yeah. On top of the fact that because your husband was a faggot. Right. You guys, if you're offended by the word faggot, I'm really sorry. But I can say it because I am one. Right. And you hate yourself. And I hate myself. <laughs> but I don't want to... If you're offended by the word faggot, please let me... And also, if you're a straight person, don't say the word faggot. Right. But you, if you're a faggot, you can say the word faggot. Yeah, I don't get to say it. No, you can't say it. No. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and your heteronormativity. <laughs> I know. It's like I like girls a little bit. What? I like girls a little bit. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but anyways, um, but I was giving my entire emotional and mental bandwidth to this religious institution that promised me joy and I never felt it. So I just had to continue to double down wherever I could thinking that, that, I'm going to, it's going to, it's going to come. I just have to try harder. If so. you sacrifice everything that is important to you now, mm-hmm. you will feel joy in the future. Yes. Which is a real fucking terrible way to live. Terrible way to live. What's so number my five? number five is kind of along the same lines, but I think I now as a non-Mormon parent, let my children see me as a human and I see them as humans, which means when I fuck up, I say to my kids, Hey, I really fucked up and I'm really sorry and I lost my temper and I shouldn't have or I lost I you know I really misjudged that situation and I give you bad advice or whatever yeah and I'm not I don't want to say that that is exclusive to non-Mormon parents because I'm sure you could have those same kind of conversations as a Mormon Mm -hmm. but when I was a Mormon parent I felt like my job Mm -hmm. was to be the bastion of of correct thinking yeah. and wisdom you and had to be a solid I rock. was the priesthood holder and I was the rock in my family. And yeah. so for me to admit fault or to admit wrongdoing or to admit mistakes would have been 
wrong. It would just everything, the whole, your whole belief system would crumble and the family. Right. So I had to stand firm in my beliefs Mm -hmm. so that my children knew that I was the rock, the priesthood holder, the shining light of our salvation. Because you didn't want to apologize. No. And your kids to say, did we build our house upon a rock or upon the sand? (laughs) The wise man (laughs) built his house upon the rock. (laughs) But then when I left the church, I just thought, well, I don't care. Yeah. And it's so refreshing to be able to say to my kids, like, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, I really lost my temper a minute ago, and that was shitty, and I'm really sorry, and I know I made you feel bad. I've been doing that for a very long time, and most of the time, my kid, who, whichever kid I say it to, will go, it's okay. And I'll go, no, it's actually not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm the adult. Yeah. And I shouldn't be using shame or be belittling you or, or whatever that I'm doing. Out yeah. Whatever I'm feeling on you because it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But there's something really powerful about being like, you're a human. Mm-hmm. You're going to make mistakes. Absolutely. I'm a human. I'm going to make mistakes. <clears throat> and like, we're in this together. Yeah. Oh, and if God, you, yeah. you know, like, we talk about complicated issues and we talk about mistakes that you've made and we talk about mistakes that I've made. And I mean, far I'm not at all saying I'm a perfect parent because I'm probably a little bit of a nightmare. Oh but my God, both of us are. Our kids are messed up. Oh my God. But like, it just feels good to not have to feel like, like when I was a child, I just thought my parents like knew everything and did not make mistakes and knew all the details and knew all the specifics. And I'm so glad that my kids don't think that about me. Exactly. I don't want them to think that about me. I want them to know that like, I'm a human, I'm doing the best that I can, but sometimes I'm going to fuck up and I'm going to do the wrong thing and I'm going to make you feel bad. And I love how that creates a foundation for them. A firm foundation. Built upon a rock and not the sand. How firm a foundation. <laughs> um, for them to value being human. Yes. The human experience, all the fuck-ups, and the things we learned from our fuck-ups, and the fun we had while we were fucking up. Yeah, because fucking up is fun. Yeah. I mean, th- there's not... Two ways, not even three ways to look at it. There's a myriad of ways. And the more that we reiterate that we are fallible humans and we're only doing our best um, and let's have fun while we're trying our best uh, and not kill each other. Um, That's a good thing. It's a really good thing. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid to his rest in his acts. Let's take a break. Excellent word. Mm. We're back. So, uh, uh, to wrap up. Uh, our kids are fucked up. Fucked up, but also fine. I think they're fine. I think they're fine. And I say that just, you know, as a, as a comedic thing, but like when we were Mormon, we were fucked up parents and we were fucking up our kids. Right. And I didn't talk about this, but when you talked about screaming, like when I was a closeted gay Mormon dad, Mm -hmm. like I was really angry. Oh really angry and i was really i lash out at my children a lot and i and i mean i'm not a perfect parent now i certainly still have moments where i lash out at my children Mm -hmm. but they are 
fewer and further between. Yeah. Um, I scream so rarely now. I've done a complete 180. Um which also bleeds over into like really not giving a shit. Like I don't know where they are. You're like, oh, Gary Junior's burning the garage yeah, down. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm gonna go to it's, bed. It's Tuesday. Please get the hose out before <laughs> you. Yeah. Um. Uh. But anyway, I think what, what's what's great is that we're not fucking them up anymore, and we just value being fucked up humans. <laughs> right. Maybe we're fucking them up in a different way. But in the in in a healthier way. In a human way. In a human way. We are allowing them to be humans and to have human experiences. Because here's the thing. I, I can't even stand the term parenting. And did really? You know, yeah. Did you know that that wasn't a term until the 70s? No. Yeah. What did we say before that? Parenthood. Child rearing. Child rearing. Okay. Yeah. And then it's become this monster. Parenting. I'm... We don't do this often, but I am really curious if you are a gentle listener and you are a parent. I would love to hear, like, what do you feel like has changed about you as a parent since you have left the church? Because I assume assume that if you're listening to this, you are no longer a member of the church. Number one, you're drinking in front of your kids. You are. And that was a journey. We could do a whole episode on that. That was a journey. Um, I was like, hey, kids, dad's fucked up on bourbon tonight. (laughs) I'm going to throw some fireworks at you. It's the 4th of July. From experience. Jack, when the first time he saw me drinking at home, he said, drug drinks are bad for you, mom. <laughs> when my children saw the Avengers Endgame, my son said, <laughs> you remind me of Fat Thor. And oh I said, God. I said, why? And he said, because you're fat and you like drinking. Oh, my God. So anyway. Jesus. I don't remember what our point was, but my point we're wrapping is up. we're, we're wrapping, wrapping up. up. Yeah, yeah. But I just think I really would be curious, like, how have you changed as a parent not being a member of the church? And if you are a member of the church because you stumbled over here from C. Jane's blog, <laughs> first of all, you're a member of a cult. <laughs> so you should rethink that. Yeah. <laughs> if you have some specific questions, feel free to email us. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're in a cult right now, in a sex cult. Yeah, if you listen to C. Jane's episode, you know all about it because so, it was so like astute and intelligent, thought through and structured. Thought through. <laughs> get your vagine, get your vagine and your penis so, out of that cult. As a joke on the Hot Drinks Instagram earlier this week. You guys, I deleted my Instagram, so I don't know about this. Oh, yeah. I deleted my Instagram because I hate myself. Brother Coffee had a really rough week because usually Brother Coffee will just delete his Twitter and then re-download it it's later. It's like, it's, but it's, anyway, I it, won't even say what it's I would like. say, you know how they say the San Andreas Fault any day now? It's going to be that catastrophic one. That's me and my Twitter. That's you. No, no, no. It's going to get to the point where you, I'm, I'm going to come over and you're just bashing your phone in with a hammer. I don't want to say that I'm suicidal because that sounds dramatic. That's not what I said. Oh no. my God. <laughs> but like, there's something about <laughs> deleting my social media that is sort of like a soft suicide. Is that too dramatic for this episode? Softcore suicide. Like a little bit. Like it's kind of like deleting myself from the social media world. It's like I'm removing myself from the world and, of social media. And I think that But that, not of the physical world. You I, guys, I'm not suicidal. It's fine. Don't call the police. I think that it's fine and healthy to remove yourself from any part of society for a minute to reevaluate. Right. Anytime you need to. Right. What are we talking about? 
on Hot Drinks Instagram earlier this week, I posted something like, I, I posted something about Mormons. And then I followed that up with, we don't always talk about Mormonism. For example, this coming week, we're going to talk about the five married couples that we think are hot. Yeah, we didn't have that conversation. But that was a joke. It was a joke. Because there's this married couple that we know that found out about her. Don't give away too many They're details. They're beautiful. But here's the thing. If we talked about the five married couples that we thought were hot, it would be a little too revealing. It would be way too revealing. Would CJ and her husband Gary be in that couple? I think so. Why would you ask that question? I mean, they're hot. They're both beautiful humans. They're both very hot. Yeah. So they're on the list. Oh, my God. And now, what are our listeners going to think? I don't know. Anyway, are we wrapping up? I don't know what's happening. I was just you guys, I don't say, remember what happened three minutes it ago. It was just going to, I just brought that up because we will, we have had top fives where we don't center it around Mormonism, but it was the way CJ looked at me when she was like, give me parenting advice. And I was like, um, well, we can make a joke out of this. And that's what this episode is. So hopefully you've got some parenting advice, oh my but God. I'm genuinely curious if you are a parent and if you are a hot drinks listener, if you are a gentle listener, mm-hmm. I'm really curious. I would love for you to send us a voicemail through the Anchor app uh-huh. or send us an email at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. Uh-huh. I would just, I would be curious to hear how your parenting has changed as a non-Mormon. You could tweet. We're on, we're hot drinks on Twitter. You can DM us or comment on one of our posts on Instagram hot drinks but here's the thing it's all for brother coffee because I don't give a shit what you think (laughs) no I'm very curious yeah here's the other irony of that I will not see any of them because Because I have deleted all my social media accounts (laughs) it's my soft suicide do you of of your soft core suicide you guys I'm not suicidal do you think our gentle listeners feel like when they listen to us they're listening to like they're just listening into some like ethereal void I don't I don't know what you're talking. I don't either, because I think they all really know who we are. You guys, this has been an this has been an episode. It has an episode for sure. I don't want to ever talk about being a parent again. One thing we could do an episode about, like the five things I love about being a parent. We could. We're not going to do that episode oh, anyway. Oh, you were. We've serious. been drinking. No, I oh wasn't my. serious oh, at all. Okay. I said that to offend you. Send me. That's hilarious. So uh, please email us yeah. at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. We have our most devoted listener. I think she's okay with saying uh, us saying that her name is Rachel. Um, Hi, Rachel. She emailed us once and gave us some great ideas. And I think we made a couple episodes off those ideas. So you can do that and we'll just fucking talk about it. Listen, and if you're listening on iTunes, yeah. like and subscribe. Oh, yeah. And, and if you like it, rate it. And, and like, leave a comment. You guys, we have, <laughs> I posted this on our Instagram. We have like four five star reviews, and then we have one one star review. And they did not leave any comments. They were just like, fuck this noise. Fuck my drag. I hate this fucking show. So we got to drown out that idiot. And on that note, he's white, that idiot that uh, left that note. Of night. course, and closeted. He's probably. a white, closeted man. Who loves the Mormon Jesus and Joseph Smith. And he loves oh, wait, listening. The same thing, right? He loves listening to the Motabs. Oh my god. That He's m- like, I love when they sing um Whenever I hear I was gonna say come thou font, because that's like what the hipsters <laughs> love. Come thou font oh, I can't. of every blessing. And end it, end it. You guys end it all right now. We love you. Soft Please core email suicide us. right now. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode's been a nightmare. 
It has. We love you. We do. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.